Corey, and welcome to What We Lose in the Shadows, a father-daughter true crime podcast. My name is Jamison Keys. I'm Caroline. Good morning, Caroline. How are you? I'm good. I'm recovering from being sick, but <laughs> feeling much better, thankfully. That right. cold or whatever was going around, it had me down and out for a while. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, and I, I think it's, you know, I know you took a trip. You went to um, Curacao. Curacao. Yeah. So I, I was reading something earlier today that said one of the, the, the number one places to catch the cold, the flu, COVID, whatever, airports. Oh, I believe it. I definitely believe it because you're not going to miss your flight. Doesn't matter if you're sick. Like you, you're going to miss your flight. No. Right. You know, if you're really sick, I guess. But like. No, I also work sometimes in the school systems and hospitals. So, oh, that's like working in a petri dish. Yeah, it feels like that because I'm always sick. I feel so. Yeah, I need to. I don't know. Take a multivitamin, I guess, <laughs> or something. <laughs> you, you need to take those ice cold showers that I'm I've been not doing taking for a year ice cold showers. It strengthens your immune system. Yeah, I don't. I I'd rather be sick. I, <laughs> ice cold showers every day sounds like my personal health. Like I, I don't know about it. As we get started in this new year, my my book, which I'll shamelessly plug at this point, as you should. And thank you, the Vanishing Ballerina. Um, basically it is, um, being changed over to e-content, uh, e-format. So the e-content format should be available in the next week or so. And then the book will be later this month and it'll be available on all the major platforms and on book baby. And this is your debut novel. My debut novel. Yeah. I love that. And I love the fact that you are publishing your first novel, um, at an older age. You know, I think that's great. Like, I feel like people don't typically do that. And I don't know. I think it's it's really refreshing to see you or anyone really, but especially you, you know, still finding new parts of yourself and still like finding new passions. Mm -hmm. I think it's really sweet and it's really inspiring. And I hope you guys are inspired by it. I know when he started writing his book and he's been writing books for a while, but when he really was like, this is the one I'm going to publish. I was like, oh my God, maybe I should write a book. Like maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. So, you know, this year, I think we should all try to do something new, something fun and interesting that we've been wanting to do. Absolutely. So, you know, in life, it's important, like you said, to keep always learning and doing new things because if you're not growing, you're contracting. I mean that, but also like, I feel like that is the point of life, right? To right. like enjoy yourself and right. to find things that you like to do. Cause if not, I feel like it can just get pretty mundane and hopefully you like listening to this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. As we start our second season again, mm -hmm. you know, that's great. So, so we're very happy and thank you to the uh, listeners who uh, faithfully join us every week and those who are just about to join in this new year. Mm -hmm. We're happy to have everyone here. The trigger warnings today are homophobia, sexual assault, and murder. The National Park Service was started in 1872 by President Theodore Roosevelt and others in his administration. Your favorite president. My favorite president. I know. <laughs> this has been his like one thing that he's been talking about since I was a child. Like Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. And when I was like having to do projects as a child, he was like, do it about Teddy Roosevelt. I'll give you everything you need. You he know? did. Yeah. yeah. He helped me with all the projects. But anyway, so he started the National Park Service. The government established Yellowstone National Park in Montana and Wyoming as under the jurisdiction of the Department of the Interior, or in other words, property of the U.S. government, but for the people to enjoy. From there, a movement claiming beautiful landscapes as national parks became popular. National parks are a thing of beauty and wonder. They offer us a glimpse into what untouched land looks like. 
But even in beautiful places, horrible, evil things can happen. And today I want to tell you the tragic story of Julie and Lolly. Julie and Lolly were both part of an organization called Woods Woman Inc. It was a woman-led and run foundation dedicated to educating women on the adventure-style travel. They met at a charity fundraiser for the company in 1994. They took a liking to each other and they started dating. So cute. They later adopted their dog, Taj. In 1996, the couple and Taj decided to go on a camping trip to Shenandoah National Park. They were close to the Appalachian Trail on a nice day in May. After a long day of walking and hiking the trail, they found a perfect spot to pitch their tent and make themselves cozy for the evening. They chose a spot close to a horse path on Bridal Trail. The next 12 days are a mystery. So when you do that, do you, I know sometimes you hike and so on. <clears throat> do you have like an itinerary? Do you normally follow some sort of itinerary? Do you know let people know where you're going to be approximately? Or? Yeah, I do. Um, I am not like an avid hiker, though. I go on hikes sometimes, but I typically go with people who know the trails mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless it's like a really popular like trail that like you see families on that I'm like, OK, like, you know, I'm going to do it. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I always go with people and they did, of course. But, um, you know, I never camp. I hate camping. Mm -hmm. I hate it. And, you know, I did go camping two, three years ago with a a few friends and my girlfriend. I could not sleep. I was like, oh, my God, someone could come and kill us. (laughs) And and my girlfriend was like, um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you should fall asleep. It was just, it was too much. It was too much for me. I couldn't do it. But but to be honest, I mean, no one has ever thought that was going to happen, I don't think, right? What do you mean? That someone was going to get, come and get them in their sleep, but occasionally it does happen. Apparently. It does. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really scary. So back to the story. Julie's dad, Thomas Williams, called the park ranger after 12 days had passed without a word from the couple. And I'm not sure why he waited so long. It could be because they told him they would call him after a certain number of days or something like that, because, of course, they didn't have cell phones to carry with them at that time in 1996. But even if it wasn't 1996 and they did have cell phones that they could carry with them, a lot of the hiking trails in national parks don't have good cell service anyways. That's right. Uh, So I'm trying not to get tripped up about the amount of days that were waited. I just think it's, you know, but um, it's unfortunate. The park rangers went to look for the couple after getting the phone call. They found their car by Skyline Lodge. Then the rangers saw movement. They looked over to see a dog wandering with no leash and no one accompanying him. They later realized that the dog was Taj. Oh, no. The missing duo's dog. On June 1st, 1996, after searching the woods and trails all day, the rangers found their bodies. Mm. They were gagged and bound with duct tape. Oh, no. Lolly was found in the tent, and Julie was found outside the tent, open to the elements, down a little hill. They were both missing some of their clothing, which indicates sexual assault, and their throats had been cut. There was DNA evidence found with the bodies. They did not have anyone to match to it, unfortunately, and in 1996, CODIS had yet to be released for use by officers. Mm-hmm. That means the rangers had to wait to find a suspect to match it. But they, they, but they got the evidence, though. Okay. Six years later, police set their sights on a man named Daryl David Rice. Rice had been convicted of crimes occurring on the Shenandoah National Park grounds, so he fit the bill. They looked back to the cameras to see if he had visited the park around that same time. And wouldn't you know it, 
He was seen entering the park on May 25th of 1996. He was seen leaving the next afternoon and re-entering the day that the women were found. Because of this circumstantial evidence, he was named a suspect by the police. When they went to locate him, guess where he was? The park. Prison. Prison. <laughs> prison. Of course. Um, he went to prison for attempting to kidnap, and who knows what else, right. um, a woman named Yvonne Malbasha. Malbasha was riding her bike on a trail in the park one day when a man she did not know, Rice, jumped out and started screaming at her. He was, of course, screaming sexual obscurities because what else would he be doing, right? He got up to her, grabbed her off her bike, tried to force her into the trunk of his truck. Jeez. Yeah. Really not a great guy. Um, but Malbasha was not having any of that, okay? She fought like hell mm -hmm. and she got away from him. So what did he do? Tried to run over her with his truck. Jeez. I know. Obviously what a very psychopath. deranged. Yeah. What do you know what he had been convicted prior to? Um you said he had He been, was convicted of this. Oh, trying yeah, to abduct um, people. Yeah. Trying to abduct her. So when they oh, looked for oh, him, oh. he had already been convicted of this. Okay. Was, of that, trying his, to, was that his first crime in his... Um, probably not. Yeah. He tried to demand that she get into his truck, which she obviously declined. He drove away with his pathetic self and was detained soon thereafter by park rangers. Good. He was tried and... Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the park rangers have a better track record than some of the local <laughs> authorities because yeah. they seem to be serious about their shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, let me know if I'm wrong, but it does seem like, at least in this story, and this is back a while ago, so I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the park rangers. But. You know, I knew a park ranger um, years and years ago, probably around that, well, a little before that time. Aww. And the one thing that is, uh, is kind of, that, that sticks out in my memory of him um, was the fact that uh, he was intense. He was a kind, wonderful yeah. guy, but when needed and when when uh, like provoked, he was an intense dude, right? Yeah. And maybe that's part of their training, and maybe that's part of the reason they pick people because they have a better sense. You, you, you don't out in the woods, down in the national parks, you don't have the <clears throat> you don't have all the you know electronic means no. and different things to. So I, I would imagine and love to talk to a park ranger at some point. But um, I imagine you have to go with your gut a lot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He was tried and convicted for his attempt at kidnapping, which I personally think he should have been charged with attempted rape and murder, mm -hmm. because where do we really think it was going from there? But I'm not a prosecutor. As of this recording, <laughs> he was uh, convicted and sentenced to 11 years, surprisingly. And that's better sentencing than a lot of the murder and attempted murder sentences we talk about on here. Right. And in 1997. So very impressed with whoever sentenced that. Well, I mean, that was in Virginia, though, right? Uh, yeah. Shenandoah. Okay. So southern states might be a little more. Southern states are not more intense on men. No. Well, I'm just saying southern states <clears throat> may very well be more intense on sentencing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still, I'm just, I'm, I'm impressed by this sentence because he got 11 years and yeah. that is, that is, you know, I, you know, could he have been away longer, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good. The prosecutors thought that this guy was a perfect fit for the crime. They went to talk with him at the jail uh, and he had a lot to say. A lot of bullshit that is. So he said that the two women deserved to die because they were lesbian whores. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he, so he's a, he's a racist and sexist in addition to a murderer. I don't know if he's a racist, but probably. I mean, if I feel like if you're homophobic and sexist, probably a racist too. I don't know. Just horrible person. He said that he attacks women because they're more vulnerable than men. 
like, I mean, it just, that doesn't even make sense to me. Cause I'm like, uh, but that's not why I, I'm confused. You know what I mean? Like, that's like how you have gotten away with it, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, that's like maybe why you attempt at women instead of men, but why do you attack them at all? Well, like, isn't that what an animal would think? Isn't that what I a guess. wild animal would think? Because I don't know, but some animals are nice, you know, like well, I know, look but, at Mr. Goose. He doesn't attack anything. <laughs> well, he's domesticated. Yes. Very, very domesticated. <laughs> but also, I think, like, even out in the wilderness, like, they don't, some animals don't just attack. Like, there's something wrong well, with someone who does that. Well, that. For sure. But, like, for example, if you encounter, a, like, a mountain lion or a grizzly bear, one of the first things they tell you to do is make yourself look larger. Oh, that sucks so, for us. So <laughs> <laughs> We're very short people. So, but make yourself look larger. So, so the, the animal or the predator, which is appropriate here in this case, too thinks twice about it. And it's the same thing you often say is, you know, with when there's a man with a, a group of people that, oh, yeah. th- that it can be like a, a good thing. Oh yeah. Even if it's not a terribly tough dude, No, but the very presence of man is like, mm, maybe I don't want to do Literally, that. It is so interesting. Like the level of respect that men get over women is crazy. And this is a whole separate subject, but like literally I remember going out one time with my friends to a bar that doesn't exist anymore, but, um, thankfully, but, um, and we were young and we had this one friend who was very thin, like very thin, um, probably like thinner than I was, but okay. And he was pretty short and, um, men were just like, Oh, like just like leaving us alone. And I was like, Holy shit. I'm like, you need to come out with us more often. Yeah, right, like, right. What the hell? Like I've never had such peace in the bar. And I'm like, damn, it's just because you're here and you're not even bigger than me. Right, I could probably right. fight you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would never, of course. But anyways, um, so obviously the guy's trash. Obviously. Mm-hmm. But within his trash statements, homophobic, sexist statements, uh, he also denied having anything to do with the murders. He was arrested on four counts, including murder, all related to the couple. However, when they took his DNA and compared it to the sample collected at the crime scene, it didn't match. It didn't match? It did not. Oh, wow. Okay. So he actually did not do that, at least. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is. The police still believed that he had something to do with it. But all the circumstantial evidence fell to the wayward after he was proven not to have sexually assaulted them. Right. <sighs> and that's where the case rests today. Oh, okay. So it's still an open case since 1996. Yeah. Without justice for two women who wanted to spend time as a couple in the national park. Oh, wow. As of this recording, the case of Julie and Lolly's murders remained unsolved. And it's just so frustrating because this case has been going on for so long and no other leads have come up. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, it does seem like the park rangers and police did do their due diligence in this case. Right. It just didn't match up in the end. It didn't. But also I'm wondering, like, I can't help but wonder if they were a straight couple, would this have been solved? I can't help but wonder. Well, and it seems like they did do a lot of searching. So I'm not going to say that it definitely, you know, played a part, but totally could have. But if the DA is, if the, if the person or the you know, perpetrator isn't a match for anything. I know, but where's the other guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. And it's also crazy to me that I'm assuming they did run it, run that DNA through CODIS at this point. Right. Um, which I don't think is too much of a, an assumption. Right. Uh, but it's, it's crazy that like no one in CODIS matched that. Like how did, how have they gotten away with sexual assault for so long because that kind of person doesn't just sexually assault two people and murder them and right. then just 
never do it again. Like what? Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I you know I always I, I don't know. I, I always assumed that national parks were safe places, were family places. You know, were things where people could go and you know hike and camp and do so. And you know, the only danger was perhaps wild animals. But mm-hmm. it, it sounds to me like. You know, I know that there are podcasts that are completely about oddities and disappearances in the National Park Service and, you know, that sort of thing. I know it's really sad. And I think a lot of like predators will go out there because um, most of the time it's free if Mm -hmm. you're walking. I mean, sometimes it costs money if you're driving in. Sure. But um, there's a lot of ways to hide, especially if you're like familiar with like hiking and, you know, different terrains. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot of ways that you can hide and, you know, people sometimes go out there by themselves and I would not recommend that. Yeah. But, um, there's a podcast. I I think his name is Mr. Balin or Mr. Ball. And he's a former, um, he's a former, uh, green, not green, but he's a former Navy SEAL. And, um, he does a lot of kind of spooky, dark kind of things, especially on YouTube and so on. He probably has a podcast as well, but He has done, and I've watched several, many cases about odd things happening out in in national parks or in the woods. Or like murder. Like scary things too. Like, you know, like I remember a couple that he did that like they heard something outside and there was a person just standing there. Oh yeah. So creepy. So creepy. And then, you know, they'd get out of the thing and and try to walk towards the person and the person would flee only to, and it was a man and a woman, right? Only for the person or whatever it was to reoccur. Oh, no. So I'm like, that's if, why I can't if, that, if that had a look, I'm not a, I'm not exactly a, you know, a scaredy cat kind of a guy. But if I'm out in the middle of the woods in nowhere, somebody or something is just on the verge of my sight line and I go and they run away no. and yet they come back. Mm-mm. I'm getting the hell out of there right now. But that's why camping. I don't know. I don't know how people do it. Um, and I know my girlfriend loves to camp. I have friends that love to camp. And they're just, they're just fine with it. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this is, this is exactly why we have houses. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, I'm like, what the this, hell? This is exactly why we have houses. This is why we have doors and locks. So we don't have to be outside open to the elements and open to people attacking us. I'm like, what? I, I remember, I remember uh, when you were maybe a teenager. Oh God. We went on a, we went oh, God, on, we went yeah. on a camping trip with our mm-hmm. friends. And it was like in October. Yeah, that and, was and we so went chilly. This beautiful canyon. It was really nice. Yeah, and I forgot in, where it was. It was. Um, it was in, in Illinois. Rock. I don't. I don't remember. Hard that. Rock. Hard Rock. Right? Hard Rock. No. No, that's a cafe. Little Rock. You know, I'm just <laughs> that's saying. That's in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it it was it was a very nice uh, it was a very nice trip. They went camping all the time. Yeah, that was two families. There were a lot of people there. Two families, right? That was helpful. Yeah, but um, and two men. And two men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just, I, I was uneasy the whole time. I know, it's so scary. You know, and unfortunately we had this, it was colder, colder. And they had this little tiny uh, tent that looked like an igloo. Mm-hmm. And there's three of them. And we had this gigantic summer camp tent oh, with like venting and all this kind of stuff. And it was freezing. No, but tell them about uh, putting it up. How it, <laughs> Putting, putting, putting it up, up the other tent. Oh yeah, yeah. It took like five seconds to. No, them. It took them. I don't remember. What. Okay, well, I will tell the story. I guess. Okay, you tell. Apparently, the story. I remember. Maybe it was his mom who said um, this, but I thought it was you. But our friends, the other family, 
it took them forever to put up their tent mm, and okay. they were both engineers right. and they were literally like <laughs> struggling to put up this tent and yours like bounced up like ours like just like was like one of those like automatic like automatic like spring little put this in the tube good okay yeah, you know not quite but and, it was pretty easy to put up yeah and so literally like it took them like at least an hour to put up their tent and it had like rooms. It had like multiple rooms in the tent. Apparently I remember seeing it wow. and theirs. Yeah. was like a good tent and like they had to open the door a little bit to yeah. let air in at one point. We were freezing. We were freezing. So I took an air mattress. Um, I thought, you know, your mom and I were older and I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't want to sleep on the ground here. Um, so Of course, I went out to, you know, brush my teeth and so on before I came back. And when I came back to the tent, you and your brother were snuggled up with your mother on the air mattress. Of course. Okay, I'm sleeping on the ground, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I did sleep real well the whole night because I was, even though we were, in a tamp, we were in a campground mm-hmm. that, that had, um, you know, like a place to buy wood and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. like within a close walk. Right. Probably, probably much safer than just going out of the National Forest someplace. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, but prob- he, probably, but even, maybe. even at that point I was on guard the entire night. I, I slept scary. a couple hours or something like that, but yeah, that's considered good. You said you slept well <laughs> when I fell asleep out of sheer exhaustion, I, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes laying on the ground is really nice for my back to be honest. Like, no, no, no. When it's 50 degrees or 40 degrees. Oh no, no, no. I had nothing to say about the degrees. I mean, sometimes <laughs> like I will actually take a little nap on the floor because my back hurts so bad. Oh wow. I know. Yeah. I'm getting old, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to mention about true crime. Uh, I was talking to someone recently who thought my fascination with true crime was a little odd, uh, which is fair. A lot of people don't like to be reminded of dark, scary things. Um, And I feel the same way sometimes. Totally understandable. But I think positive things do come from true crime podcasts and true crime media. One of them being listening and learning from other stories. I can't tell you how many tips that I picked up from listening to different podcasts and different um, documentaries. Tips like never let anyone take you to a second location. Mm. You fight like hell before you let them take you. Uh, And you scratch and pull their hair from the attacker. So you have DNA under your fingernails or in your possession. So you can use that to help find them later. Yeah. Or the police can use it. And many other tips. Maybe uh, maybe we'll start like just saying tips at the end too. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. But another reason that true crime is really important is because discussing these cases can sometimes inspire people to do something about them. It can give new light into a case or more attention, which can cause people to call the police with new tips or encouragement to continue looking into these cases. These cases can and deserve to be solved. Absolutely. The victims deserve a life, right? They deserved a life. Yeah. But because that wasn't what they got... They deserve justice to be served to the person who took that right away from them. I'll give you one other thing. There have been in the last couple of years, um, some podcasts that actually helped solve. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, it totally does. And like, I'm not saying that people need to consume true crime media. If if you don't like it, that's totally fine. But Mm -hmm. I think there are definitely positives that come from it. And similar to the last point, it can also help find missing people. So missing posters, photos, talking about it on podcasts and documentaries have been very helpful in finding and identifying those who want to go home to their loved ones or who are confused. You know, sometimes people do have mental breaks and, you know, they get confused. They don't know 
who they are, you know? Right. And so missing posters are very, very valuable. And talking about these cases are really important. Right. And of course, the, the one linchpin of some of the most recent, uh, you know, findings and so on, that DNA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and listening to these podcasts is not a bad thing. So, you know, there are positive aspects to consuming true crime. And we appreciate all of you listening to us and following us on wherever you're streaming from. Follow the show on whatever streaming site you're listening on. And remember, all of the source material will be available in the show notes. And follow us on Instagram at what we lose in the shadows. And let us know if you want to hear a specific case. Or if you just want to give us some feedback. Okay, join us in the shadows next Tuesday. Bye.